This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. We've got our series home, and uh, how did I manage to come up with that just at the right time? You may have heard people talk about it's coming home. I don't. Have you missed that? Missed that? If you're not, if you're not English, I apologise. If you don't like football, I'll pray for you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we've got our series home, which is based on the parables, the stories Jesus told to illustrate points and to help us understand things about the kingdom. And the parables are all about the kingdom. And the kingdom isn't just some future thing, it's a now thing. When we're part of God's family, God's community, we're in God's kingdom. And then the kingdom extends and goes on forever. And I believe that God is looking for ways to include people in the kingdom, not to exclude them. Sometimes we think, would God really be interested in somebody like me? Would God really include somebody at this reason and that reason? Put that to one side and understand God accepts us as we are and brings us into relationship with him and helps us to change to be more like him. That's how the gospel works. It's not to exclude people, it's to include people and bring them in. And so if you've been coming to Life Church uh, just recently and, and, and uh, you know, it's challenging right now, people having to isolate all the time and kind of miss uh, church, but at least we, you, you're part of it on, online. But, but I want you to feel at home. I want this to be your home. I want this to feel like home. And of course, when we talk about coming home, we're talking about coming into relationship with Jesus. That's home. God created us for relationship with him. And when we come into that closeness, that intimacy, that relationship with Jesus, we absolutely have come home. And so that's what we're, we're talking about. Home is a place like this where we can make our home as a church community. But home is with him. And then for eternity, we ha- look forward to spending our eternity with him. So that's what we're thinking about when we talk about home. So Brandy's already mentioned it, generational community. We celebrated young people this morning. And I think, I believe, I'm absolutely convinced you get what you celebrate. You get what you celebrate. And think about that for a moment. If we celebrate all ages, that's what God's blessed us with. And this community is a community of all ages, all sorts of different ages. And so we celebrate children, celebrate young people. And because we've done that for many years, that's why we are a thriving, multi-generational community right now. Because we've always celebrated children, youth, all the people, and so on. And we'll continue to do that. So I'm going to talk uh, about, from the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And in this parable, we had a wedding yesterday here, which is fantastic. We were just such a blessing to see Jane and Michael uh, married. Just just a wonderful, wonderful uh, afternoon. And this story is bridesmaids a little bit differently to what we expect 
what we think of bridesmaids. Because it, it, what happened in this situation was, in the New Testament times, as Jesus was talking to the people who would understand that, because he was speaking into the culture that he was in at that time, and that's our challenge for church, to always be contemporary with the culture that we, and speak the language that people understand. So Jesus was doing that, and he was speaking into that situation. He was talking about a wedding. And at that time, the wedding, the bride sorry, the bridegroom went to the bride's home for the ceremony, and then he took the bride with him to his home for the celebration that went on about uh, seven days of feasting. I'm glad I'd never have to pay for that. That would that, be expensive, wouldn't it? That would be, really would be. But the procession that went from the bride's house to what was now her new home was accompanied by bridesmaids who had lamps which shone lights to light the way. So that's the context of what the story is. So having said that, let's read uh, the story in Matthew chapter 25, the parable that Jesus told about the kingdom. And it's about now. It's about the future. It's about being ready for Jesus' return. And it's about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look! The bridegroom is coming. I just shouted in case you've fallen asleep. Uh, Come and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up, checked their hair and makeup, and prepared their lamps. That's not there, is it? But they would have done. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they had gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Similarly, with the parable that Bryony taught us from last week, there's a bit at the end which makes us a bit uncomfortable. But we'll understand, as I've already said, I prefaced what I said this morning by saying God is looking for ways to include you in the kingdom, not exclude you from that. Really important that we keep remembering that because sometimes when we mess up, we think, I'm out. God's not wanting to get rid of people, put people out. God's wanting to draw us in. And if you've messed up, if you put yourself in a, in, in a difficult situation, whatever it is, understand that under, underneath and all around are the arms of God that wants to lift you up and draw you back into the kingdom. So I'm speaking uh, a very much an inclusive gospel message to say we're all invited. We're all welcome. And that's how we try to live, and that's how we try to have this church. So this is about the return of Jesus. Christians believe that Jesus one day Jesus is coming back. He went to be with the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. He's coming back to take those who love him to be with himself. 
Now, we sometimes get a bit hung up about where is that going, where is he taking us? Is it a geographical place? Um, is it uh, heaven? Is it the new heaven and the new earth? What's that look like? Now, we can pontificate on that and consider that and think about that. Great word, that pontificate. Got nothing to do with licorice little sweets. Um, we, could, we could think about that, or we can understand that the key thing is being with Jesus. That's the key thing. So whatever that is, if we put our trust in God, we will spend an our eternity with him. Now, that's really good news. That's something to celebrate as far as I'm concerned. God has prepared a place for me and for you. God has made provision for us in this life and for eternity. So I don't need to be worried about what will happen, what might happen at the end of my life when I breathe my final breath because God's got it covered. And as a Christian, I put my trust in the promises of God that beyond this life, there's a future for me and there's a future for you. So that's the key thing, that we will be with him forever and ever. So that's for me, that's a reason for joy. The big question for me and for you is, am I ready? If Jesus comes, comes back today, you're thinking, not before 8 o'clock. That will... <laughs> No, not before, not before then. If Jesus came back today, sorry, a little flippant. If Jesus came back today, would I be ready tomorrow, whenever that is? For 2,000 years, the church has believed in the return of Christ. It hasn't happened yet. That doesn't mean it is, won't happen. It will happen. But the security of us, whether we live to see that or we die before that, and we will, we will be with the Lord forever. That's our assurance, which makes a big difference. So I want us to kind of think about, first of all, am I ready? And what does ready look like? What, what, what is, am I like ready, on your marks, kind of ready? And, and I've got to be like crazy busy until Jesus comes. Don't believe that's true. I believe that I'm active for Jesus but I believe I can rest in that too. It's not like an activity that we have to impress God with, a kind of just more and more and more and more and more and more things like that. We can rest in the goodness of God. We can rest in our relationship with God and, li and, live, with, and live with God. So it's a reason for joy. Are you ready? What does ready look like? And I just want to say also, I believe with our relationship with God, we always have to take personal, personal responsibility for that. It's easy to, to think that it's somebody's other, someone else's responsibility. Like the bridesmaids thought, the foolish ones who didn't have enough oil thought, not a problem, we can borrow from somebody else. Not, not really a difficulty, this. No, you have to take responsibility for your own preparedness. It's important that we prepare for ourselves. Sometimes we can say, my relationship with God is not good because of this person. This person said that, did that to me, hurt me whatever, whatever. I'm not making light of that because it's a big deal. However, take personal responsibility in your walk, walk with God. So being prepared is not someone else's job to do that. Trish and I went on, on holiday recently, had a week in Devon. We were prepared. We didn't, uh, we take more stuff, we're rubbish at packing really because we take twice as much as, as anybody would ever need. But, but 
we were, we were definitely, no one could say we were not prepared. And so we, you know, we had the chairs in. We had two different types of chairs, garden chairs we took with us. The really comfy ones, the easy to carry ones. We just, we were prepared. But because of our preparedness, we enjoyed it more. Now, some people just want to get on the car and just go and make, let it all happen. Those people have wives who do it for them, right? <laughs> or husbands who do it for wives, trying to stay um, politically correct and everything. So, being prepared means we enjoy things better. Here's a picture of a gentleman called uh, Sir Gareth Southgate, well, you may have uh, heard of. What, what's happening this evening, and we haven't won anything, right? I understand that. We haven't won anything yet, and sorry for the non-football people or the non-English um, football supporters. I, I mean you, Leo, <laughs> the, the Dutchman. Uh, but seriously, the team's doing well because they're prepared. Big part of it. Ten years ago, Trevor Brooking and a number of other guys got together and decided... This is what we were going to do. This is how we were going to prepare for the future. And over a number of years, the under-17s, the under-19s, the under-20s, the under-23s, etc., began to play in a particular style and started to win tournaments. And this is, hopefully, a culmination of that. So it's preparedness. There's something about being prepared. You don't want to end up somewhere and feel, I'm underprepared here. I wish I'd... And we don't want to get to the end of our lives to think, I wish I was prepared for this moment. I don't want any regrets. I don't want to leave anything undone or unsaid, absolutely. But I want to make sure my security, my future with God is secure before I get to that moment. And that's kind of a reasonable thing. Now, you can accept God or I can say, no, it's not, not for me. But you've made, that, you've made that decision. I would say, God loves you so much. Why not jump in? Why not become a follower of Jesus? So it's about preparation. All the bridesmaids took their lamps to meet the bridegroom. I think I had a picture of a lamp. Uh, is there a picture of a lamp? There is, and it will be on the screen uh, very shortly. So they took the lamps. Now, the lamps all probably look the same. There's some debate whether it was a, like a terracotta lamp there, you put oil in and it's a little wick that you lit and what have you, and then the oil ran out. Some people say it was a long uh, pole and it had rags on the top and it doused it in oil and, and whatever. But they all took their lamps. The difference was, for some of them, the oil ran out. The oil had already run out. So they went unprepared to meet the, bri the bridegroom. Jesus is coming back. But the Bible tells us that, uses the term oil, it, in the New Testament, it means the Holy Spirit. It means being filled with the Holy Spirit. So some of them were a little bit prepared. Some of them maybe, maybe went with um, kind of this much spare olive oil. You know, that's handy, fits in your pocket, handbag, what, what, whatever, backpack, e easy little bit of oil, but they thought they were quite, quite well prepared. But some of the others probably, got, probably went for this, this guy. More preparation. So if we think of this like the Holy Spirit, and the, the, I appreciate it's, it's a, there's limited application of this illustration, but there's a big difference between having a little 
and having a lot. There's a big difference between saying, I'm kind of, I'm in there, I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm in there, I'm kind of just on the edge. From saying, actually, I'm jumping right in, I'm writing, it's everything for me. If it's going, I'll have the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I want to be continually filled and to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Why would you not take everything, the full resource that God has for us, why would you rather settle for a bit? Why would we settle for a bit? Romans 8, 9 says, Those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So that's telling me that if when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in us by faith. But it's going on, it goes on to say that we can be full of the Spirit. In Ephesians 5, 18 don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So anything else than being filled with the Holy Spirit is a counterfeit. It's a second best. It's not what God wants for us. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now for me, old-fashioned word, but I would call myself a Pentecostal. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues, and I speak in tongues every day. And why, why I do that is because the Bible says when, I, when you do that, you build yourself up. It's kind of like priming the pump with the oil, and the oil begins to flow, and, and, and I'm filled and full of the Holy Spirit and gives me the strength to live the way that God wants me to live. And I still make mistakes, and I'm 100 miles away from being perfect, but God is helping me to be the best I possibly can as I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So if something builds me up, why would I not do it? So don't get uptight about the gifts of the Spirit when the Bible says, be filled and continue to be filled. And for me, that is when I pray, I speak in tongues, not because I'm trying to be clever and I don't know what I understand what I'm saying, I'm saying, but it's a way of praising God and honoring God and, and worshiping God and at the same time, I'm being built up. It's not a selfish thing, but I benefit as I honor God and praise God. But that, that works, doesn't it? Have you ever found that when you come into, into church or, or, you, or you're worshiping uh, online, when you begin to sing along, and it's great when you're doing it at home because no one can tell you your voice is flat or, or whatever, you can, just go for, you can just go for it. And when you sing and worship, worship God, you, what, something happens, doesn't it? Something happens inside you because you're connecting with God by His Spirit. His Spirit, you know, is, is communicating with your spirit. We, we're speaking to God and we, we are worshiping and we are lifting ourselves up. We are building ourselves up. Being ready looks like, for me, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because to be filled with the Holy Spirit means I have the ability, I have the strength to live the very, very best for, for Jesus. The ones who took the extra oil were prepared. The ones without any oil, it ran out, they were unprepared. It's murder, isn't it? A terrible thing to find yourself in a situation where you feel, where you wish you were had been more prepared, being in an exam or, or something like that, you know, and you, you just felt, I wish, I'd, I wish I'd studied and, you know, 
I've got to confess, when I was at school, I appreciate stories from school to show that I have a very good memory. But when I was at school, I winged it most of the time with exams, which might uh, tell you why I didn't do fantastically well. <laughs> and I encouraged my own son to do a lot better than me. But when you're prepared, it feels good. It, feel, it feels good when you are prepared. So we want to be ready. Paul talking in... in Thessalonians, was First Thessalonians, which talks about what it's be like. And, and I, often, um, I often read the scripture at the funeral of a, of a Christian and, um, because it really makes a difference if you know where you're going. Someone is committed to God. And, and uh, if I read this at your funeral, you won't know about it. Um, but, uh, okay. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you not, do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we are, who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Here it goes. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. That's those who've believed in God, followed God, are Christians who have already passed away. After that... We who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, here's the key thing. It's not where, it's who. We will be with the Lord forever. It's wonderful. It's wonderful assurance because we know that all of us, our lives will come to an end at some point, but we can know that we will be with the Lord forever. And it's such an incredible uh, assurance to know that that can be the, the case. I just want us to get the idea that we need to be prepared for when Jesus comes back. We need to be prepared for when our lives come to an end. And we can do that by giving our hearts and our lives to God and he comes and lives in it by spirit. And then we can live well, ready, well prepared by being filled with the Holy Spirit and being overflow and continuing to be filled. We could go for something of that size. We're better. We're better. Or... Who's going to volunteer to come and have this oil poured all over them? <laughs> it's actually, there's not, there's not in because that, that would have been a mess. And someone would have to clean up and that someone would be me. But we can be filled to overflowing. I want us to think, let's, let's have enough of God to get by. Let's be full of the Holy Spirit. And overflowing and overflowing because you need it, you need him, I need him to live the life that we live. It's so good that God includes us. Grace meets us where we are and brings us into relationship with God. Grace meets us where we are but doesn't leave us there. It brings us into relationship with God. We need to be prepared. And that's my appeal to you this morning on two counts. If you don't know Jesus, you can't be sure 
of your eternal destiny. But you can be sure if you give your life to him. And if you're a follower of Jesus, don't exist on the bare minimum. Have more and more and more and more of him. When we come home, we come into relationship with God. When we come to meet together in community, in kingdom, we can encourage one another and we can make our home amongst each other. So we've come home. We're ready for home. And one day, Jesus will take us home to be with himself. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours, our nation and the nations with the good news about Jesus.